I want to talk to you from a very unusual scripture. I don't know if I'm sure you've probably read it if you read your Bible through or something like that. I don't know if you've probably ever heard a sermon on it. I had never had. Um, I've, I've seen this verse in the Bible before, but God used this verse to correct some things about myself. As I mentioned, my husband and I have been in ministry for over 35 years, and I just tell you that I got to a place where I was complaining about things that involved ministry, the time and the resources and the energy that it required, and I found myself with a complaining spirit, and God straightened me out with this word that I'm about to share with you today. And I'm not here to straighten anybody out. I'm here to encourage you to press on in because God is going to use you in a mighty way. I want to read uh, out of Proverbs chapter 30 this morning, verse 15 and 16. Proverbs 30, verse 15 says, The horse leech has two daughters that cry, Give, give. Then it says there are three things that are never satisfied, four that never say enough. And then it gives the list of those. The grave, the barren womb, the earth that is not satisfied with water, and the fire never says enough. The horse leech has two daughters. That cry, give, give. And then it gives us the list of four things that are never satisfied. The grave, the barren womb, land without water, fire, that never say enough. This is the only time in all of Scripture that a horse leech is mentioned. Have you ever heard of a horse leech? Or leeches at all? Leeches? Yeah. I'm, like I mentioned, I'm, uh, my home state is Arkansas. I grew up there. We moved to Texas 12 years ago. But I was born and raised there in Arkansas, and where I lived, we had, I grew up around leeches. My grandfather was a hunter, and he would go hunting, and he would experience those. And there were times when we would come home from a church on a Sunday night, and one, a leech would be crawling across the driveway or the carport, and I was always terrified of those things as a little girl. I, I was always afraid one attach, would attach itself to me and drain all the blood out, and I would die, you know. But I've always been terrified of those things. But this, this verse talks about a horse leech. And then he says the horse leech has these two daughters that cry, give, give. Now, I don't know if there's any daughters in the room like that. I have a daughter that cries, give, give all the time. No, just kidding. <laughs> and then he compares the horse leech and his daughters to the four things that are alike. And I want to look at those four things with you just for a minute. He mentions the grave. First, he talks about the grave. The grave is like the horse leech in that it is never satisfied. A few years ago, we went to Washington, D.C., and we visited, visited the Arlington Cemetery. Um, and there, uh, near there is the Vietnam Memorial Wall. It's a very, I don't know if you've ever visited that or ever seen that, but uh, it's a shiny black marble wall. It has 58,272 names on it uh, the someone uh, in researching it said that there was enough bloodshed in the vietnam war if you could turn it into fuel it would have ran the cars in america for three days 
that wall listed uh, 58,272 names. The youngest on that wall is 15 years old, and the oldest is 63 years old. The, the stone came from India, and this, this wall has a reflective quality to it. When you walk up to this wall, this Vietnam Memorial Wall, you uh, can see your reflection in it as you're reading the names there. And that, that stone was chosen for that very purpose, to bring the past and the present together. But it kind of creates an eerie feeling about it because you're staring almost like into the face of death. And it's almost as if the... The grave is speaking to you. Yes, I've claimed these 58,000 names, but it's not enough. The scripture says that the grave is never satisfied, that it constantly cries, give, give. To illustrate this, I took the estimates of the death rate in 2011, and then the death rate was 55.3 million people each year that die. Each year, that, that means 151,600 people die every day, 6,316 people die every hour, 105 people die every minute, or that computes to nearly two people die each second of the day. And yet the grave is never satisfied. It's not satisfied that over 55 million people die each year. It cries, give, give. Young, old, black, white, doesn't matter who you are and what your status is in life. The grave is never satisfied. And then it mentions water. It said the ocean or land without water is never satisfied. And I thought about every great river that flows in this world, the Nile River. It's the longest and probably the most famous river in the world. The mighty Mississippi that winds its way south through America's center. It becomes a force well over a mile wide. It's a very dramatic sight to watch as this river spills into the ocean. And then there's the Amazon River. This is the second longest river in the world. And I want you to think about how quick a second is. How quickly a second goes by us. And now consider this. In one second, the Amazon River dumps almost 60 million gallons of water into the Atlantic Ocean. Every second, 60 million gallons of water. Every second, 60 million gallons of water. That's a lot of water. Amen? To put this massive amount of water into perspective, keep in mind that one day's worth of water flowing out of the Amazon is equivalent of 12 years of water usage just in the city of New York. 12 years. One day's water flow could supply New York for 12 years. Put another way, the average backyard swimming pool is about 30,000 gallons of water And the amazing Amazon River dumps enough water into the Atlantic Ocean every second that it could fill 2,000 swimming pools every single second. Every second, 2,000 swimming pools, every, every second. At its mouth, it is 50 to 60 miles wide. All of that water flowing into the ocean just out of the Amazon into the ocean and still... The ocean cries, I'm still thirsty. Give, give. I want that 60 gallons of water that second, but the very next second, 
the, the Atlantic is standing there saying, I'll take another 60 million gallons of water. And then the word in Proverbs mentions fire. Fire spreads. It burns. It consumes everything within its path. And it is never satisfied. Fire constantly cries, give, give. To put this in perspective, 2003, in October, here in Southern California, there were 15 devastating forest fires that burned for two weeks, primarily in San Diego County, Ventura County, Riverside County, and the San Bernardino County, forcing more than 80,000 people to evacuate their homes and burning 800,000 acres of land. More than 15,500 firefighters battled the blazes that killed 24 people and destroyed 3,600 homes. In 2004, in Alaska, wildfires in Alaska burned more than 5 million, 5 million acres of land. The worst year for Alaska fires. In 2006, in Texas, more than 200 wildfires in a 24-hour period destroyed 15 homes, killed 10,000 cattle and horses, and burned 191,000 acres. By December the 26th of that year, 2006, Texas wildfires had killed 11 people, destroyed 400 homes, and burned more than 3.7 million acres just in 2006. But yet 2007 rolled around, and that fire was not satisfied with that. Fire cries, give, give. In 2007, again in Southern California, 16 wildfires from the Simi Valley to the Mexican border were fanned by 50 to 60 mile per hour winds and burned nearly 500,000 acres. Three people died. 25 firefighters and civilians were injured and nearly 1,300 homes were destroyed. Over 500,000 people evacuated their homes while nearly 1,000 firefighters fought the flames. And yet the fire just keeps on burning, keeps on consuming everything within its path, keeps crying, give, 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 give. So what does all of that have to do with us? Well, one of the other things that the, the word lists there is a barren womb. And this seems so out of place to throw a barren womb in with this list. doesn't seem to make sense. What does that have to do with the ocean and the fire and the grave? He compares the horse leech and his daughters to the barren womb. And there's a lot of ways we could go with that in the natural. But here is what I believe the word of the Lord is for you today. I believe that God is saying through this barren womb to us, SUM students, that God is not given to gentle persuasion. He is not touched by passive people. Here is the word of the Lord for you today. If we are going to bring to birth, if we are going to bring to birth what God has placed in us to do, come on. How many of you have got something on the inside of you that God has placed in you to do? If you're ever going to bring it to birth, I believe what God is saying through through this scripture today is that somewhere along the way, we have to get to the place where we are as thirsty as that ocean. Are you as thirsty as, as that Atlantic Ocean standing there with 60 million gallons of water dumped in every second? 
from the Amazon River? Are you that thirsty to see God birth, bring to birth what He has placed in you to do? I'm telling you, God has straightened me out, and He's got me on the right path, and I'm that thirsty today. If you can get yourself to that point to where you're that thirsty, God will open some amazing and incredible doors for you to walk through. If we're going to bring to birth what God has placed us to do, we have to become as hungry as the fire to consume building after building after building and neighborhood after neighborhood and still say, I'm not satisfied. I'm not satisfied with what I'm involved in right now. I want to do more. I want to be that God chaser that we sing about. Come on. It's one thing to sing about it, but it's another thing to be it. And I'm determined that I'm going to be that God chaser that we sing about this morning. Come on. Amen. We've got to be as hungry as that fire. If we're going to bring to birth what God has placed in us to do. We have to become as unsatisfied as the grave is to take in 55 plus million people every year. And then the next year comes back and says, I'll take more. I'm not satisfied with my past accomplishment. I want more of you, God, this year. As I began to study this this out, I found out something so incredible about give, give. The words give, give. They are considered a reflexive verb. Now, you're in college, so I'm hoping you know. Have, have you heard of that term before, reflexive verb? It's been a few years since I was in school, so I didn't remember studying that. How many of you have heard of a reflexive verb? All right, so you know where this is going. Give, give is considered a reflexive verb, which means a reflexive verb means the act of an agent. So I'm the agent. The act of the agent directed at the agent. In other words, when I cry out to God that I'm a God chaser, and when God puts a vision in my heart and I say, Oh, God, I'm too tired to do that. I don't know if I can get that done. I don't know if I can accomplish that. Lord, here am I. Send somebody else. When I cry out, give, give to the vision that God has placed in me, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to myself. This is, this is legal ground right here out of the Word for you to talk to yourself, <laughs> which we do a lot when we get older. <laughs> it is a reflex. It's the act of the agent directed at the agent. An example of a reflexive verb is to perjure yourself. You can't perjure someone else, right, in a court of law. You have, you, when you perjure yourself, you are, it's you directing it at yourself. And then it is defined as a nearly instantaneous, now I want you to get this, a nearly instantaneous movement in response to a stimulus. Reflexes, have you ever gone to the doctor and they've checked your reflexes? I've often wondered, why did they do that? What is the point? What I don't understand when they pop you on the knee and your knee goes, your leg goes flying out. What are they, what are they looking for? They never say what, what that's about. They've never, they've never mentioned it. They don't file it in the report. You know, they don't, they don't explain what that is about. So I looked it up. Reflexes are routed from the nerve directly through the spinal cord and then to the muscle. 
They're routed from the nerve through the spinal cord directly to the muscle, bypassing the brain. Bypassing the brain. I'm talking about give, give, a reflexive verb. It's, a, it's your natural reflex when God calls on you to do something that it's nearly instantaneous, that you don't have to think about it. You don't have to figure out how you're going to fund it. You don't have to figure out how you're going to move there. You're just like, God said it, so give, give. My reflex, nearly instantaneous, is to cry, give, give to myself. Bypasses the brain. That's what you call a no-brainer. Let me tell you something, church. When God calls you to do something, it should be a no-brainer. If he said you can do it and he's called you to do it, guess what? He's going to equip you to do it. He's going to provide for you to do it. He's going to make a way out of no way so you can do it. Somebody shout amen. Hallelujah. Somebody shout give, give. Woo. There we are right there. Therefore, the doctors, when they are checking your reflexes, here's, here's the deal. When they are checking your reflexes, here's what they're looking for. When they check your reflexes, it is to determine if there is something wrong with your nerves. All right? You know where I'm going. I've got a question for you in this room today. God's called you to ministry or you wouldn't be here. Somebody say amen. amen. Are you called to do what God, are you, are you called by God because you're in this room? I've got a question for you. Have you lost your nerve? Ooh, somebody in this room has kind of lost their nerve. They're like, ooh, Lord, that's a big vision. That's way beyond what I thought I was going to be doing. I'm not sure about me, Lord. Are you sure I'm the one? I'm asking you, have you lost your nerve? Because if God put his finger on you and said, I'm calling you to do it, he meant what he said. His gifts and his callings are without repentance, meaning he's not going to change his mind. Have you, look at somebody and say, have you lost your nerve? Somebody looking scared up in this room. God is saying with the barren womb, Oh, Lord, please don't ever let me have a barren womb in the Spirit. God is saying with the barren womb, There must be in the heart of those that are going to bring to birth the promises of God. That same kind of hunger, that same kind of desire, that same almost instantaneous reflex that we cry, Give, give. Give buildings, give revival, give souls, give ministry, give discipleship, give a move of God. Give, 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 give. Shout give, give this morning. As the oceans have for water, fire for fuel, so must we be for souls. That we never get to the place where we feel, oh, we've done enough. This college is doing some amazing and incredible things. You've got a beautiful facility and campus here. You've got cohorts around the world. We're a part of that. It's awesome. And it looks like it should be enough, right? 
we've got plenty. No? No. Why? Because there's 55 million souls dying every year, and I'm not sure every one of them have accepted Christ. That's what it's all about. Woo! We can never say we've done enough. That we've done so much that we don't need to keep hungering and thirsting for more. We must get the hunger as the horse leech. I don't mean this to sound crude or unusual or crazy or disrespectful. But I pray that a horse leech spirit gets on you. (laughs) That sounds yucky, doesn't it? But you know what I mean? That give, give spirit. That hunger. I'm never satisfied. Never satisfied that we won however many souls we won last year in Mardi Gras. Guess what? They planned another Mardi Gras this year. Shock, shock. But guess who's going to show up? Why? Because we have a give, give spirit. Going to walk up on hell's door and knock on it and say, We're taking back what the devil's trying to steal from us. Snatching them out of hell, the Bible says. Woo, we got to get that kind of tenacity about us. I ask you, are you a horse leech SUM student? Oh, that was pitiful. Now I know why I'm preaching this. I said, are you a horse leech SUM? That's what I thought. Faculty and staff, are you a horse leech type of spirit faculty and staff member? I know your chancellor. I don't even have to ask him. I don't mean that disrespectful, but I know that he has a horse leech spirit. He's never satisfied with where we are today. Woo, he's ready. If God opens the door, he's going to walk right through it. Aren't you glad? I'm telling you, I'm so thankful for a chancellor that will get up on this stage and speak in tongues and be full of the Spirit and lead you into the pathway of the Spirit. I just want to put that out there, all right? I feel better now that I've said that. Are you a horse leech ministry leader? Or do you feel like we've done enough? Maybe we shouldn't go to Mardi Gras this year. Oh, no. Count on us. We're going to be there. I had gotten to that place. I am married to a horse leech pastor. I just want you to know that. He's about wore me out. And I had begun to complain. If, if he thinks there's something for sale that he could go buy and do ministry, he'll go buy it. He'll, he'll, he'll figure out a way to open up a new ministry to start a new ministry, to buy a building to do ministry. Every year, it's like we add and we add and we add and we add in ministry things within our church. And finally one day I said, Don, we have plenty to do. Can we just stop? Can we just do what we're doing effectively and just focus in on that? And God convicted my spirit. He was like, oh, don't you dare say that again. He convicted me of this Through this word right here, you have to get a give, give spirit. And now, when he says, guess what? We're going to start a new campus this year. You know what I say? I say that. Give, give. 
This year I've been looking at him and I've been saying, open doors, open doors, open doors. You open that door, I'm going to walk through it. You better not open a door for me. I will walk right on through it. Is there anybody like that in this room? I want you in your heart right now say, God, you better not open up a door that you don't mean for me to walk through. Because I'll fly right on through that thing. Woo! We've done enough Mardi Gras. That's what I was looking for. We've had enough Christmas and Easter outreaches. We was big last year. That was enough. We got enough schools that we're going into with points of life. Let's just settle down and let's just work on those. We got enough kids ministry going on in Mighty Blaze. Surely, surely we're doing enough, S-U-M. Here's what I believe. When you are never satisfied with past accomplishments, here's what I believe. I believe God is sitting up in heaven looking down. And he sees people that are not satisfied with the last Mardi Gras and the last Mighty Blaze and the last, I can't even talk, points of life. (laughs) When he sees that people that's like that, they're not satisfied with the last results. I believe God says, finally, finally. Everybody say, finally. I believe God says, finally, I have found me somebody on this planet that will take me serious when I say in my word over in Ephesians that I am able and willing to do exceedingly and abundantly above all. That means to go way past your way past. I'm telling you right now, God has found that in me. I don't know about you, but God has found that person in me and my husband. We believe that God can do exceedingly and abundantly and go way past anything my, my, my mind and my imagination could think of. Let me tell you a little something that happened to us. There's an apartment complex right behind our church. It's called Cabo San Lucas. It's the name of the apartment complex. You literally can jump the fence behind our church building and you're right there in the neighborhood. Between seven to 10,000 people live in that apartment complex alone. It's a city right behind the fence of our church. Nene, where are you? You, you know right where that's at, don't you? 7,000 to 10,000 people live in there. It's massive. We started going in there on Saturdays with a thing, an outreach called Adopt-A-Block. All we do is take us a big old trash bag and we just walk around and pick up trash. We cooked hot dogs. Kids would come out. Nene, you were there. We'd draw hot scotch and play hot scotch on the sidewalk. Serve them hot dogs. Just get to know them. God, when God would open the door, we'd talk to him about, we'd, we'd talk to him about uh, Jesus. High crime rate. High crime rate. 
the apartment manager was so impressed with us over about a year and a half period of us coming in there on Saturdays and doing adopt a box. She approached Evelyn, our outreach leader, and she said, I don't, I don't know what's going on, but she said, since y'all been coming over here, well, there comes a glory cloud. The Holy Spirit just now. She said, I don't know what, what's up with this, but since y'all been coming over here for this past year and a half, the crime rate in our apartment complex has dropped 40%. It's amazing what happens when you take light and shine it in a dark place. The Bible says that light dispels darkness. She said, I'm so impressed with what y'all do here. I just want to offer to you the pool house. It's full of refrigerators and washers and dryers that we've moved out of these apartments. It's become our storage unit. And it was a nice pool house. She said, you can, here's the key. She handed Evelyn the keys to it. She said, you can teach Jesus. You can teach the Bible. You can teach character training. I don't care what you teach. It's yours. You tell me when you're going to be there. We're not going to let anybody else in there. It's yours. You can have it all day, all night, whatever you want to do in there. You just go right ahead. Somebody shout open door. We got CT Church Cabo St. Lucas going. Somebody shout give, give. We may not be, we may not be the the place to go if you want to find an outreach church that's got it all going on. But I'm telling you one thing. When God opens the door for us, we're willing to step in that door and go do ministry and reach the people that are within the shadow of the steeple of our church and shine a light into their lost world. I pray this morning that a horse-leech spirit gets on you, that something would grip your heart and make you cry, give, give. Give, give for your family. Give, give for the kids in these programs that you're reaching. Give, give for these youth that you're reaching through points of life. Give, give for your life. Give, give for your ministry. Give, give for the souls that are within arm's reach of you. Amen? I'm thankful. I'm thankful that God convicted my heart of my complaining spirit. And now I have the spirit of that horse leech on me. And I cry, give, give. We have a health fair every year that we do. Have between 3,000 to 5,000 people show up for all the things that we do for uh, health-related issues, backpacks full of school supplies, and things like that. And my assistant, Joni Brooks, she posted on Facebook this past May. When we, when we do this outreach, the school allows us to print Flyers, English on one side, Spanish on the back. The Pasadena school system allows us to put a flyer in the backpack of every student in their school system. And that's an incredible open door just right there. And so my assistant, she printed over 30,000 flyers. I think there's a picture of them. And then we cut those in half. And there's English on one side, Spanish on the back. So how many of you know that's a tedious job? You've got to print all those. You've got to design them. You've got to print them. Then, you've got to, then she's got to cut 30,000 flyers in half. And she posted on Facebook, May of 2013. She said, I just printed 30,000 health fair flyers for our back-to-school health fair. One side English, one side Spanish. I had to cut 30,000 flyers. 
She said, Galatians 6 and 9 says, Let us not grow weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. She said, this is my scripture for today. At work, I spent the last two weeks printing and cutting, cutting over 30,000 flyers to go to schools to advertise CT's health there. Today, she said, I was complaining to God that my back hurt. And he reminded me of the why my back was hurting. Ooh. She said, I felt the need to lay my hands on those flyers and pray over them. My secretary, my assistant laid hands on 30,000 flyers. Let me tell you, there's no job that you will ever do that is insignificant. Because she was willing to print those and somebody was willing to deliver them to the schools. They got into the hands of students that brought them to a health fair where before they could leave the campus, they had to walk through this tent that we call incognito. We call it the prayer tent. And when they walk in that prayer tent, there's somebody that greets them and says, Hello, my name is Susan. How are you? It's so, we're so glad you came to the health fair today. Did you have fun? They talked to the little kids. Did you ride the rides? Did you, what, what did you get involved? What, what all did you do? Have you had a blast? Have you had fun? And then they look at that mom and that dad and they say, Before we take you back here to get your groceries, I just wanted to know, is there anything we could pray with you about? 30,000 flyers were cut by a secretary who laid her hands on them. And I just want you to know that 67 people accepted Christ in that prayer tent. And it all be traced back. I don't know who in here does stuff like that. But let me tell you something. It is not insignificant what you are doing. Woo, you are a connector to the current of the power of Christ. Every role that you play in ministry. Amen? Amen. She laid hands on them, and 67 people accepted Christ for the first time. You know what Joni was really doing when she was praying over those flyers? She had a spirit on her that said, give, give. It may be the only thing I can do for this health fair, but I'm going to cry, give, give. I'm going to tell Joni, give, give. It doesn't matter my back is hurting. What matters is 67 people are going to find Jesus. All God is saying to us today is, are you a horse leech SUM student where you never become satisfied? The, The young lady that prayed right at the end, right up here, I don't know who you are or what your name is, but you were praying this very part of my sermon where you as a horse leech student never become satisfied and content An average. God, deliver us from a spirit of average. When you do go into your full-time ministry positions, please don't take it lightly. Go after it 100% every single minute of every single day. Amen? Don't ever become satisfied and content or be average or the normal person or the typical or the ordinary or the common or the run-of-mill kind of student or faculty or pastor or staff member. But where you are so ready to do all that you can do that God has called you to do and represent the vision that he has placed. I believe God is calling you to have a give, give spirit. I want the praise team to come back and let's sing that God chaser song.